100 Mile Stories. Micro-fictions generated by a glamour hobo, inspired by every hundred miles I travel. Welcome, dear ones. This is a record of where I've been, in places that have never been. Every hundred miles I am inspired to generate some kind of story. It helps me remember where I've been. It helps me stay awake to get where I'm going. And I have had the pleasure and the privilege of sharing that with co-pilots, friends, and now you. Dear ones, 2020 is nearly over. Are you excited? It has been my pleasure and my privilege to be here with you this year, in your ears and in your mind and in your heart. I very much hope that your solstice was lovely, your full moon was bright, your Kwanzaa continues to be giving, and that the end of this Gregorian year suits you. Dear ones, time is a construct, and so all of these stories are perfect. 400 Mile Story, Richmond to New York City, to Pittsburgh, mini mid-Atlantic mech maiden tour, autumn 2019. Red light suffuses the small room. 45's spinning funk and Afrobeat blend analog and seamless from expert fingers in the cramped booth near enough to sigh against. It's 2 a.m. Welcome to Big Bar on Manhattan's Lower East Side. They are sitting with you, attentive, remembering old times. There is a special kind of quiet magic in memory. Gossamer threads create a web that lay across space and time. They can be navigated, polished, relived in a moment. It's a kind of time travel. A memory mage pays attention when you speak and binds their intellect, their psyche, their heart in clever knots to a moment that you have spun out perhaps not even being part or parcel to the moment themselves, but a witness and now, ever able to discover its vectors, examine its atoms, and remember its body in a chimeric form. Tonight, I found our knot, that binding prism, and I have no intention of unbinding it. Mile Story, Virginia to Ohio, 2014. Look to your right. On your right is the facility where your loved ones are cryogenically frozen. 
600-mile story, Richmond to Philadelphia to Reading, Pennsylvania. October 2020, the COVID times. Reading, Pennsylvania holds several clues to its past prosperity as a railroad town. The Red Pagoda, the beautiful and enormous palatial stone houses, the cemetery across from the Sterling Mansion, and the Sterling Mansion itself, now a guest house. That cemetery is littered with antique graves, hand-cut stones, and luscious trees. I was pulled into that cemetery by something, some magnetic force, all the way to its heart, where an ancient yew tree stands. And next to that tree is a sphinx. The sphinx, currently, has no questions for you. No riddles to occupy your mind while you walk around the yew tree, so gorgeous in this time of year, with its four-foot diameter trunk and its amber and ruddy peeling bark. Don't touch it. It's toxic to you and will make you itch. Not just to come back and see it, to sing amongst its low branches bowing over old graves, its needles and its red-cupped fruit. This is an immortal being. Yew trees never die. And next to it, perhaps you forgot, another immortal being, the head of a woman, the body of a lion, gazing directly at the tree. Her haunches are carved to be powerful, as if she is gripping with all of her might the plinth that she sits on. The family name? Rake. Her furrowed brow and clear eyes support a crown of the new kingdom with a peacock. And upon her breastbone, a scarab with the wings of Isis carved to adorn a voluptuous set of breasts. In between these two creatures, you feel an anticipation that one is watching and the other discerning. While the yew tree cannot get up from its rooted point and walk about and use its poisons, the sphinx might. And perhaps if you wait long enough, you'll see it twitch, a bunching of muscles.
In the Northern Hemisphere, where I am currently based, I have been rolling around in the darkness. In the deepest part of the cave, I have been ruminating, considering, reflecting. When there is no light to reflect, it is a little disorienting, I'll admit that. But I miss you. It feels strange to know that you're there and not see you at all. So I'm inviting you to tea. Members of the Patreon are invited to a monthly midnight tea room. We listen to music, we talk, we share, we drink fine beverages. Last time we sang sea shanties. It's a fabulous connective time on Crowdcast, and it allows me to see you and you to see each other and us all to know definitively that we are members of the Glamour Hobo Nation. You may already know your way over to Patreon, dear ones, the map that leads you to a sustainable way of supporting artists, makers, covens, mutual aid societies, scientists, inventors. It is an excellent place, made more excellent by your participation. At the highest level of my beating heart, I now have put aside a specific percentage of my earnings to go directly to support other artists on the platform, as well as organizations led by BIPOC and LGBTQ humans, to journalism on NPR, to organizations like Clowns Without Borders, people who are doing the work. Dear ones, joining a platform like Patreon is important not only because it helps me pay my rent, but because it asks some pretty fucking interesting questions about what we value, what is the economy that we want to build, support, and participate in. Support this show and all of the work I do, as well as compounding your community interest, by joining my Patreon. You've been listening to Glamour Hobo Field Notes, 100 Mile Stories, with me, Carmel Clavin.